Hey, what's up? Welcome to F That, Breaking the Rules of Online Business, the show that gives you permission to say F that to the things that aren't working for you and highlights creative, fun ways to market your business so that you don't hate it. Just saying. <laughs> I'm your host, Deanna Seymour. I'm a graphic designer and marketing strategist that turns your brilliant ideas into beautiful marketing materials. So I am super stoked that you're listening today. And to be honest, today's episode doesn't officially have to do with marketing your business, but when you are a small business or a solopreneur, I feel like everything is connected and today's episode definitely talks about you and your life and your happiness and your whole entire being. Not to sound too woo-woo right out the gate, but I want to talk today about words of the year. Well, not words of the year. I'm going to tell you my word of the year and I'm going to break it down. So, Here's the thing. I love the idea of words of the year, but if I'm being honest, they don't usually stick for me. My most successful one was fuck it, which is technically two words, but that really helped me lean into just going for things, experimenting with stuff. You know, should I try this? What if it doesn't work? What if it's a total failure? Meh, fuck it. And then do it anyways. So, um, It also was really um, empowering to me when I was like dealing with body images or body images, body, my body image and stuff like that. It was like, eh, fuck it. Like, this is what I look like. It's fine. So that one I actually kind of have kept around. Like, it's definitely, I guess you could call it a mantra or like a personal (laughs) like saying in my head, but I definitely tell myself, fuck it, a lot and experiment and try new things. So I think like last year, it might have been the year before, but I tried to get artsy and sort of choose the word and as my word of the year, thinking like two things can be true at one time. Like, you know, I can love my body now and work on getting healthier. And that one didn't really stick. I think it was a little too conceptual or something. But um, it was a nice thought. I thought it was a good idea. It just didn't really pan out for me. So anyways, I didn't think I was going to do a word of 2023. But um, if you're on my email list, you know that I recently watched the Stutz documentary. And I loved it. And so I've just really been thinking about a lot of the tools and concepts they talk about in that documentary. And so I just decided that my word of 2023 are you ready, is going to be life force. Life force. Okay, technically two two words. I broke the rule again. Fuck it. <laughs> it sounds cool, right? It's kind of like Star Wars-y and fun. Um, but it is a tool by Phil Stutz. And so this is a documentary that I watched on Netflix called Stutz, about Phil Stutz. He is Jonah Hill's psychiatrist. And Jonah Hill directed this documentary talking about all the tools that he had developed and learned from, not, Jonah Hill didn't develop them. Bill Stutz developed them, Jonah Hill benefited from them, and wanted to share them. So, I freaking loved it. And I wrote an email a few weeks ago called Five Words That Changed My Life. So those words were pain, uncertainty, and constant work. So he, Stutz just kind of says that they're a part of life that everyone has to deal with. And for me, 
that was super freeing because I feel like I'm always thinking, oh, if I just get to this next thing, my life will be so easy. Like when my kids are in school, it'll be so easy. When my business is making a bunch of money, everything will be so easy. And it just reminded me that you got to kind of like enjoy the ride. So there's more about that over on my um, Substack, which I'm recently starting. So um, if you're on my email list, you will get your emails about that. Um, you already have when I'm recording this. Anyways, it's on my Substack. <laughs> so the idea of life force is another idea or tool that like they talk about in the movie that I also wanted to share with you. And then I promise, well, I'm going to promise to try not to talk about stats anymore, but I don't think I will. I think this is it. I think this is it for me and sets in terms of my content, <laughs> but I really do encourage you to watch the documentary. It's awesome. Um, as a matter of fact, this episode is going to be a little bit of spoiler, spoiler alert, but it's not like you hearing about this one tool is going to ruin the whole documentary. So if you want, you can press pause and go watch the documentary, <laughs> then come back and hear what I have to say about Life Force, which is not much. It's, I'm just going to tell you about it. And you're going to be like, oh yeah, this is what Deanna was talking about when you watch it. So anyways, I just wanted to give you a heads up that I'm talking about it and it's in the movie. So towards the beginning of the film, Jonah Hill is talking about how some therapists don't really give advice. They just listen. And he talks about how like frustrating and annoying that is to him. He actually brings up like, you're paying that person to give you good advice, and they're not. And then you have all your ding dong friends around you, just giving you unsolicited free advice. That's actually usually pretty terrible. <laughs> so I do this thing where I watch TV with Matt and I pause a lot and give my own little commentary. I'm sure it's really, really annoying. <laughs> so he must really love me because he doesn't complain about it. But that was a pause moment for sure, because I've definitely talked about this with friends before. Like I have been in and out of counseling my whole life for anxiety, depression, ADHD, all those things. And when I have one of those counselors that doesn't really give advice, like there are the people who say like, well, how does that make you feel? Well, what do you think about that? Well, how to, how would you handle that? Or what do like, I honestly feel so annoyed and a little ripped off when they do that and they don't really give advice. Uh, Matt and I went to marriage counseling for a while and I loved that counselor because she would totally recommend books and podcasts and ideas for how we could do things differently. You know, I mean, we're coming, we're coming there for help and we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So don't put it back on us to figure it out. Like, I guess I kind of understand that, that technique, but it just doesn't, it doesn't sit right with me. So Stutz also kind of says that he felt like something was missing, so he started coming up with these tools. And I thought it was kind of cool because he described them as a bridge to get from where you are to the other side where you can feel like you are actually gaining some control over the symptom. So you go into their office, you know, he was just saying like you go in the office and like he didn't want people leaving just as terrible as when they walked in. He wanted them to feel like they could start somewhere, like they had a plan, like they could take action. And so he said, because of that, like, you can feel yourself reacting differently and you have, you know, a tool to, to move forward and like get shit done. So the first tool that they go over in the film is called your life force. And so boom, word of the year, baby. <laughs> so there's three levels to your life force and it's sort of, he draws it in there like a pyramid. And so the big one at the bottom is your relationship with your physical body. And then the middle one is your relationship with other people. 
And then the one at the top, the little tiny triangle, is your relationship with yourself. So I don't know about you, but like when you're feeling depressed or anxious or stressed out, overwhelmed, like it's easy to kind of just shut down and do nothing. That's that's at least that's what I do. Um, and then and then stuff piles up. Like especially, I mean, like if you're running your own business, it's really hard to just like check out, right? Like you have clients, you have whatever. And so then you could start even feeling more depressed and anxious and stressed out and overwhelmed because you're not doing what you need to do. So Stats recommends always starting with your life force. And so the first thing, like the biggest part at the bottom is your body. And so he's saying like, all you have to do is get your body working better. So he talks about exercise, diet, and sleeping. So as I said before, with fuck it, like I have struggled with body image and diet culture and all that stuff. So there was a moment when Jonah Hill talked about, and if you know Jonah Hill, like he's a chubbier actor, right? Like that's part of his like thing. I feel like he's been in movies, like I'm not like that familiar with him, but you know, super bad for getting Sarah Marshall and stuff. And so he's always just kind of like that typecast, like that guy, you know? And so he talked about how exercise and diet was always framed to him growing up as something being wrong with him, like wrong with how he looks or who you are, but never presented as like a mental health problem or something that could relate to his mental health. It was always just about like how he looked and something being wrong with him. So he was kind of saying like, dang, you know, like growing up, if someone had just framed it differently and made it more of a a mental health like issue or staple and not as something being wrong with you, like he, it would have been really helpful to him. And so I still have trouble disconnecting me trying to move my body or eat better from me trying to lose weight. And I don't want to like perpetuate diet culture in my household for my kids. So, but I also want to take care of my life force. And so now that I've learned this like new cool word, life force, it kind of feels like, oh, well, I don't give a shit how I look. It's not about like being a model in a magazine. It's about taking care of my mental health and taking care of my self you know, taking care of my life force. That sounds so cool. So I just think that was really cool. So the bottom part was body. And if I'm being honest, like I'm not exercise, I'm not doing what I need to do to take care of that part of my life force at all. And that is like the big one (laughs) on the bottom. So like, oh, when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, crap. But I also give myself grace and understand like why I struggle with that. So that's the body one. Then the next one up, like I said, is people. And so I'm always making jokes about how it's just me and my son porch all by myself all day. And I'm like, you know, working. I'm always like in my emails, like reply, I'll just be sitting here on my son porch. So being a solopreneur, maybe you can relate to this, but you know, it gets a little like boring. It gets a little like lonely. And I used to be a teacher, right? In elementary school, I saw 500 kids a day. I mean, not a day. Jeez, that would be a really crowded school. <laughs> I saw 500 kids a week, but that's like a hundred kids a day and coworkers and happy hours and whatever, like my life has drastically changed in terms of like how many people I see. And the other thing that's weird for me is that right before the pandemic, we had a second kid. And then we moved out to the suburbs, like we had a house in the city, like walking distance to all the bars It was like the cool place I got when I was young, and hip and not married and didn't have any kids. And so then we had a second kid, we moved out to the suburbs. And within six months, we were like, stay at home. You know, we were pandemic, lockdown, staying at home. And then I started working from home 
quit my teaching job. And now it just feels like I've really lost contact with my friends in real life. Like now I'm lucky and I have a lot of online business friends that I feel like honestly, in some ways, like know me better than my real life friends in Richmond who've known me for, you know, decades. And that feels weird to me. And it's like people that I still feel really close to, like my Voxer friends, but I've never met in real life. So it's, it's interesting and also weird to feel like I'm not connected to my people that were totally like my support, my support, um, and my people in Richmond, like my real people. <laughs> and not to say that my online business people aren't my real people, but you know what I'm saying. So this was really cool. So Stud says that you have to take the initiative and that you can invite someone out to lunch that you don't even find interesting. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. You just need to connect with people. So that was like funny to me. <laughs> not that I ever am like, oh, well, I'm going to invite somebody I don't like, but it just, he's just saying like, you need to connect with people. So he's like, they don't have to be that interesting. It doesn't matter. That person, he says that person represents the whole human race. And if I think about it, when I go hang out with a friend, even for like an hour or something like Matt and I will take turns, you know, maybe after bedtime or something else, sneak off and go hang out with a friend. And when I come home, I feel like, wow, that was really, really fun. Then we're busy and it's hard to keep, keep that up and whatever. Watching the documentary, I was like, okay, I need to make that a priority because I never see my friends. I just sit on the couch and watch TV <laughs> with Matt, my only friend. So back in December, it was my birthday, and Matt suggested I try to get some people together for like a little birthday birthday brunch. He was like, you go to brunch. I'll take care of the kids. And I started getting so nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh, what if I try to get my friends together and no one wants to come? Like, which is worse, thinking I have no friends or thinking I've lost touch with my friends or reaching out to them and then they're not coming and then I know that I have no friends and I did lose touch and like our relationships are dead. Like that was really nerve wracking to me. I was like, I don't know. I feel like I should just keep feeling like I, do, feeling like I don't have friends. I don't want to know if I really don't. So Matt kind of gave me a little pep talk and I reached out to my one friend, Gianna, who was like, okay, well, I'll definitely come. Who cares? Like, even if it's just us, we'll go have brunch. And I was like, okay. And that was enough for me to like be brave and invite more people. And guess what? Four people came to brunch at 9am on a Saturday, <laughs> which <laughs> two people dipped out when it changed from 10 to 9. And in their defense, I will say that 9 is really more like breakfast than brunch and they don't have kids. Like at our house, we wake up at 5.30 or 6. So I've been up for like four hours. I'm ready for brunch. That feels like brunch to me at 9. But for probably a normal person with no kids, 9 is like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Didi? So I was also stressed about reservations and where we should go and like what restaurants are even open still. So I am so out of the loop because I never leave the house. And so I was like, oh, this is my life force. I don't take care of my body and I'm not communicate. Like I'm not connecting with people. <sighs> so I was like, all right, girl, you gotta work on this. So then the tippy top of the triangle is yourself. So he talks about getting into a relationship with your unconscious. And so he talks a lot about journaling and writing is like a magical tool to get in touch with that. And so I am terrible. I never, I mean, I'm not terrible. <laughs> That's not like I'm all mean to myself. I'm terrible at journaling. I don't journal. But who knows? Like maybe that's something I could do. 
like he definitely points out that again, just like the friend you can invite to lunch, like your journal entries don't have to be good. Just the act of writing will allow those things to come out. And so I'm like, okay, okay, maybe I could do that. And I've always kind of been like, maybe I could do like a five minute meditation. I feel like those exist. Like maybe I do need to spend some quiet time with myself, you know, a little bit of journaling, a little bit of whatever. So <sighs> life force, that's my word. Well, two words <laughs> of the year. And, you know, of course, that sort of like seems really simple. Like, oh, I should work on my life force. But, you know, I guess that involves like maybe moving my body more, eating more, hanging out with friends more and journaling or being creative in some sort of way that taps into myself. Um, so that's a lot. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh. Um, and actually, I'm having my friend Laura Bulo on really soon to talk about goals and stuff like that. So I don't want to like overwhelm myself, which I just did when I named all those things. But just like knowing about the life force and sort of reframing that whole thing with diet and body and exercise, it just kind of helps me think like, okay, I got to work on my life force. And also remember at the beginning of this episode, I talked about pain, uncertainty, and constant work. And so like, it sort of might feel like work sometimes, but it's just everything is sort of constant work. But it's gonna be worth it because I definitely was feeling very down in December. And I do get like seasonal, you know, depression or whatever. And I don't know, I just when I watched that documentary, I was just like, boom, it hit me. Life force, pain, uncertainty, constant work, the whole thing. Now I'm talking about it, I'm like, maybe I should watch it again. <laughs> and I'll be recording another podcast soon about it. Just kidding. But I mean, it's good. But I don't go into New Year's very strong on these words. Like when I said fuck it, it was mostly because I was like, fuck it, I don't want to make a word of the year, but it did kind of resonate with me. So it'd be interesting, maybe at the end of the year, we should check back in about how I've been treating my life force or if it's stuck at all. Because I don't put a lot of pressure on myself for these sort of things. And it also makes me curious, like about you, do you have any goals? Are you doing a word of the year? What are you, what do you want for your 2023? Are you doing anything? Are you like, nah, no. Um, it's a real question. I love talking to people. This podcast, oh my gosh, people, that's part of my thing. You have to, have to reach out to me because it's part of my pyramid, right? The people, or I'm supposed to initiate, whatever. I'm initiating by recording this podcast and I really would like to know your input, your thoughts on the life force are you taking care of your life force and all your goals and whatnot because it does feel like again I'm looking around I'm like oh, I'm in my sun porch recording a podcast episode by myself so reach out if you have any thoughts I would love to chat with you I am not so fancy I don't talk to the people um so hopefully I will talk to you in the dms and if not I will see you next week well I won't see you because we're on a podcast but you'll hear me next week and I'll talk to you soon. Na, 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 na